back to the Equipoise podcast. Today's episode, a parlay on piercings. Talking about piercings today. I've had this one in the queue for a while and I haven't pulled the trigger on it because it's such a niche issue. After all, it's not like this is as important as many others. But after much ado, I've decided to record and release some thoughts on this. As always, I'm not going to encourage you to go get your ears, nose, tongue, or anything else pierced, and I'm not going to ask you not to either. Instead, I want to use this touchy topic as a template for teaching thorough thinking, not as some tactless, tempestuous treatise on a taboo way of treating one's tempo tastelessly. So let's get to it. What about piercings? First, let's get this out of the way. When piercings are brought up as something worldly in some Christian circles, they're almost never, notice I said almost, talking about basic earlobe piercing. No, those are okay. It's the nose piercings or cartilage piercings or eyebrow piercings or whatever else is in the crosshairs of condemnation. However garish or ornate an earlobe piercing might be, and however modest a nose stud might be, earrings and earlobes are the safe ones. Why is that? After all, if you'll remember from my episode on tattoos just last year, I recalled a brief discussion with a lady in our church with regards to a nose piercing. I remember her clutching her metaphorical pearls, aghast at the mere thought that someone would do such an awful worldly thing. When I asked her why that was more abhorrent than an earlobe piercing, she simply said, well, that's different. Now, that's not an explanation, by the way. That's an assertion, and the two are not the same. So, what gives? Why are earlobe earrings okay and not nose rings or eyebrow rings or whatnot? Well, the boring but accurate answer is that this is, for the most part, because of our culture. Whether we like it or not, a great many of our preferences and standards have been deeply influenced, if not fully inculcated into us, by our culture. In short, the generation that has a problem with the nose stud but doesn't have a problem with earrings in the earlobe usually feels this way simply because they were raised in a culture where it was seen as normative to have earlobe piercings, particularly for women. Nose rings or eyebrow piercings, on the other hand, were seen as garish, showy, rebellious, or even associated with sinful lifestyles. But whether or not something has been done for a while in any particular culture is no barometer of whether it's objectively and inherently right or wrong. We know that. So then, is piercing the body wrong, earlobe or otherwise, male or female? Is one kind of piercing worse than the other? Does the Bible address this? Well, to answer these questions, let's first take a brief foray into the history of piercing. The earliest evidence for body piercing can be found in a mummy discovered in the Utsu Alps in Germany, aptly named Utsu. This fella is the oldest intact mummy ever found, dating to around the early 3000s BC, and he has an earlobe piercing. So, we can safely say that piercing is not new, at least not in the earlobe. And it wasn't just for women, either. Again, we're not talking about whether it's right or wrong quite yet, we're just looking at history for now. So, what else? Ancient Egypt is where we find belly button piercings, especially in high-ranking families. New Guinea and the Solomon Islands is where we find septum piercings among tribal warriors. Ancient Rome is where we find nipple piercings used to denote strength and prowess among the men. Even Julius Caesar apparently had his pierce to show solidarity and unity with his men. Ancient Mayan and Aztec culture is where we can find tongue piercing. India, as well, has had nose piercings in place of wedding rings for hundreds of years. The Cossack Russians of the 14th and 15th centuries used earrings to indicate who was the provider for their families so that they wouldn't be put to work in dangerous jobs that would risk their lives. In post-Renaissance Europe, men wore earrings to signify status and wealth. So let's first understand that piercing of all kinds is not new. It predates Christianity by millennia and sometimes predates recorded history itself. 
Now, if you're listening and saying, yeah, well, all of those people were pagan heathens who kick puppies for fun, so I'm pretty sure it's still wrong for a woman to get anything but an earlobe piercing, well, then I'd like to draw your attention to the following. In my recounting of the history of piercings, I intentionally left out one of the earliest mentions of piercing, the Bible. References abound all throughout the scriptures of earrings and nose rings acting as both decorations and indicative functions for both men and women. They were as normative in the ancient Near East culture for both genders as wearing a nice watch band or bracelet is for our culture today. Israelite men were known to have earrings and nose rings, perhaps picked up as a cultural carryover from Egypt, but the women were known to have worn them even from earlier in Israel's history, since Sarah, Abraham's wife, wore one, as well as Rebecca. I recognize that simply because it's mentioned in Scripture doesn't mean God approved of it, but there are a couple of indicators that show that God does not have a problem with piercings for men and women on an inherent or isolated level apart from cultural considerations, not the least of which it's a prescription in the Torah for men, women, both, on a particular occasion of being freed from being a slave after the seventh year but wanting to stay with their previous master because of the good relationship they had. In fact, there are plenty of biblical and Talmudic prescriptions for the early Israelites to get earrings, both men and women, even nose rings. I can't get into them all at the moment. However, I will mention one. In Ezekiel 16, Ezekiel is speaking for God while lamenting over Jerusalem's unfaithfulness. God is telling Israel, I treated you right and you were still unfaithful. One of the descriptions of God's bountiful covenant care for Israel was, in addition to being faithful to them, dressing them in fine linen, giving them the best food, was that God, quote, put a ring on their nose and earrings in their ears and a beautiful crown on their head, end quote. In their culture, this was seen as beautiful and well cared for. It was seen as a blessing from God. So then how did we get from normative and even a blessing? from God to being worldly or fleshly. Well, I answered this briefly in my miniseries on alcohol, which has suffered the same fate in modern Western fundamentalism, but I'll recap here. We Christians are excellent at making something bad if it's possible for it to be abused or if we feel it has developed a bad image. We've lost the much-needed art of wisdom, prudence, and moderation and have substituted prohibition and restriction in its place. This has had very harmful outcomes. Aside from that, there is nonetheless an objection today which states that that was then, back in Israel. This is now. Certain piercings mean something different today than they did back then. And I think that's a point well worth considering. After all, even as recently as my lifetime, certain piercings on both men and women have sent clear messages often having to do with sexuality or rebellion. For instance, while it's difficult to track down exactly why men stopped wearing earrings or other piercings around the time of the Industrial Revolution in America before their comeback among the LGBTQ movement in the sexual revolution, it's clear that when they did come back, men's piercings meant something quite a bit different than they ever had up until that point. Piercings in America were by now seen as women's wear, and so when a man got one, it sent a very clear message at the time. As these things do, however, this meaning was lost as the trend was absorbed into the larger fashion and culture of the time, and now one of my favorite Christian apologists has two big gauges in his earlobes. So for men, while I think some piercings can still send a message about one's sexuality depending on culture and community, I'm not prepared to say that they're inherently sinful, as much as I'd recommend to really keep in step with your regional culture and any messaging you might be sending before getting pierced. So in the end, is it sinful for a person to get a piercing? I'd answer by echoing my answer to the tattoo question or any number of others. It depends. I mentioned the Mayans and Aztecs earlier with their tongue rings. They used these as a form of emulating and worshiping their gods. If this is your motive, I'd say you need to reconsider your piercing and probably your religion. <laughs> I also mentioned the Roman soldiers and ancient Egyptians. They often pierced their bodies to display their strength or superiority. I'd argue that this motive probably clashes with humility and modesty and the servant-mindedness we see in Christ. So piercing one's body for reason of flaunting or asserting oneself above another should be off the table too. 
There's also a few other reasons I'm confident we can say are poor reasons to get a piercing. Peer pressure, a desire to be seductive, finding identity in a subculture rather than Christ. All bad motives. And if your piercing interferes with regular bodily function, I'd urge you to really, really carefully consider and reconsider what you're doing. So there's plenty of reasons to be cautious. But I find no reasons to say it's sinful to have a nose stud or an eyebrow piercing any more than it would be to have an earlobe piercing in our current cultural milieu. Keep in mind that I live in the Northeast, and your experience may vary wildly depending on your local community. The Pacific Northwest is a lot different than, say, Florida. I remember as a college student, I learned quickly during a visit to a church in Las Vegas that what was considered very covered, even prudent, ladies wear there would not have been considered modest in Oklahoma City, where I lived and attended college at the time. <laughs> in the end, we are to do all for the glory of God. If your piercing, earlobe or otherwise, is a way of rejoicing in the blessing of God and flourishing in God's world while pointing to Jesus and not unduly stumbling others or harming your witness in your culture, go for it. But as with anything else, I'd urge you to take your time, carefully consider your motives, and of course, stay balanced.